Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone. Um, Thank you for joining us this week. I am so excited to have the guests from the Goat Homeschool podcast or Goat Homeschooling podcast. Erin and Amanda are two homeschooling moms that are in it for the long haul who try to encourage long haul homeschoolers to keep going. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. morning. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, we were excited uh, when you reached out and we enjoyed our conversation with you on our podcast and I'm just excited to be here today. Which I hope everybody pops over there and checks out the Goat Homeschooling podcast because these ladies have so many wonderful guests on that discuss homeschooling. And so I brought them on today to really discuss that long haul conversation for everybody that has jumped into homeschooling the last couple of years and are ready to really embrace it for the long haul. Do you ladies, do want, it. Yeah. yeah. Do you ladies <laughs> want to tell me a little bit about your story? Like, I don't know sure. if you have a routine that you do with the two of you or. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I could go first. Um, we've been, my family has been homeschooling for uh, this is our 11th year. I have four kids. I have a senior a 10th grader, an eighth grader and a kindergartner this year. So I have the complete spread (laughs) of what we're working on. Um, So, you know, I'm more laid back and spontaneous and tend to see our homeschool schedule as a a suggestion until like something happens, like it's nice outside and we want to go and play at the park. (laughs) So I'm a little bit less structured um, than Amanda in her homeschool. Um, but yeah, we've, we've got all our kids, we do co-ops, we do, um, classes. So, um, throughout the years that we've been homeschooling, I, um, we've done a lot of different things, but primarily the teaching aspect has been with me at home for the kids. Awesome. My kids are 24, 19, and 14. So I just have the one left who is starting high school. The older two have not wanted to do college. um, And the oldest decided to stay in public school when we pulled out. But we've been homeschooling. This is our 10th year. I actually did the math on that, Erin. And so let's see. Um, With my 14-year-old, he is you know, I just kind of have to follow him. I'm consistent to a fault and super anal retentive and very structured, like Aaron said, but, um, he is not at all. He does not do well with redundancy and repetition and wants to be creative. And, um, so that's a way that God stretches me. (laughs) Um, and so we, (laughs) we do, you know, we do the co-ops that we can do and we can, you know, we do a lot of, um, I try to outsource, but a lot of times it doesn't work. And so I still end up being with this child that needs different things every day where I need the same things every day. And so we end up with challenges, but, um, but yeah, we it's it, overall, it's been a wonderful experience and, um, I would encourage anyone to just keep going and continuing with it. And there are lots of opportunities for homeschoolers, even as they get older. 
That's awesome. So um, what kind of led you guys to start this podcast to reach out to this group of homeschoolers? It's Aaron's fault. <laughs> it's all Aaron's fault. Aaron, did your screen freeze? <laughs> <laughs> I think Erin's screen froze. But, um, either that or she uh, like had a stroke or something. <laughs> we can call the the uh, EMTs for you. Um, maybe they're homeschoolers. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when, um, when we there she is. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Now, so if, if you, you need, go. yeah, if you need. Oh, to turn there off. she's gone. Oh, I was gonna say if she needs <laughs> to turn off her screen. Back. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was Aaron's idea really Aaron is a podcast listener and um she's she loves listening to all kinds of podcasts and she loves reading and doing all the things and I don't I still don't listen to podcasts um so it takes there's Aaron so it still takes if you need to turn off your uh video to like help your buffering or whatever like I don't really use the videos it's just so we can connect okay maybe sometimes I'll do like a screenshot just for like promotions but yeah yeah there we go. Is that better, Aaron? Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. yeah. My husband's on his way home. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, anyway, so it, this was all Aaron doing and um, she's like, Amanda, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, okay, really? Um, so what does that look like? And then we just started talking about it and it has kind of formed itself um but we've been able like and Aaron is consistently coming to me and going how are we getting this many downloads how are we getting this many listeners and <laughs> you know it's it's probably something that it's needed you know the having long haul homeschoolers is something that is is needed in the community and the support for that um is needed and so there's just that ripple effect but we've been really pleased with um as far as we've come we've only done it a year mm-hmm. so um and we have guests we started about the same time yeah yeah we have guests every month and stuff go ahead Erin oh I was just gonna add to that I I talked to Amanda into doing this I guess that's what she says I feel like it was a mutual decision but (laughs) um when especially once COVID schoolers started happening what I started seeing was that a lot of companies a lot of newer homeschoolers were presenting themselves as experts in homeschooling and Mm -hmm. I still am seeing a lot of that like a lot of really great ladies who have marketing backgrounds who are now homeschooling have these great Instagram accounts and they're getting all these followers and they're presenting their information as they are the people who have been doing this. And it turns out, you know, like their oldest child is six years old mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a lot different homeschooling a six-year-old and those great flat lays of all the wooden toys and Montessori models and things like that's fantastic for like the two minutes that you take the picture. But uh-huh. what I was seeing is that, you know, if there's all these voices out there talking about what they know about homeschooling, And there's those veteran homeschool moms like us that are just staying silent or just kind of silently, I don't, I don't want to say seething, (laughs) but just annoyed um, about the influx of people who are presenting themselves as like these experts in what they're doing. And they're actually turns out these, like I've followed a couple of people and it's like, they're actually not homeschooling. They're public schooling at home. Still they're using Mm -hmm. online curriculum that's through the school system. And so like, that's fine and great if that's someone's decision, but that is not really what homeschooling is. And I just felt like we need to share with people the realities of homeschooling. It is not always the pretty cute little 
toddlers dressed up in their matching outfits and, you know, all these great resources that are then like, they need to see the pictures of the kids throwing these things across the floor or the teenager crying because math is hard or, you know, Uh you crying because it's hard. And so I'm actually, I'm laughing right now because (laughs) my morning started with my five-year-old refusing to put pants on and wrestling (laughs) those flat wooden, like cute things away from our new puppy who had destroyed half of them in the night. So, right. (laughs) Yes. This, that was my morning. So I get it. (laughs) Yeah. But I just felt like it was setting a lot of new homeschool schoolers up for failure and even discouraging the ones of us who have been doing this for several years, five plus years. Um, and, and seeing like, that's not reality for a lot of people. It might be someone's reality in unicorn land, but I've not Mm -hmm. seen it in the real world, um, in practice. So that's the long of (laughs) the long of it. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. I definitely see more effort put into setting up the beautiful homeschool rather than the educating and the relationship building that really is what homeschool is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. well said. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I see it a lot in the homestead world as well. It's, you know, we're new homesteaders. We got ducks and now we're going to have a, which I think you have ducks, right, Amanda? I don't have ducks oh. because they're so messy right? and <laughs> I have a complex about they how they like, breed. Poop, they poop on your porch and they smell yeah. bad. Like... Oh, they're terrible. They're absolutely <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So I, I am obstinate to ducks. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is even coming as a pig farmer. I'm like, no, ducks smell too bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so but yeah you know they're like I have ducks like follow my homestead page and they're like teaching how to homestead and I'm like yeah um I'm glad that the only thing you have to do is clean out that duck pond because Mm -hmm. (laughs) otherwise you would not be able to add to that that's I mean that's actually a lot of what my teaching is online is not teaching how to homestead it's how to discern between the all the like abundance of information that's out there Mm. that's a big job are you mm-hmm. <laughs> it really i don't is. know how you're gonna tackle that but I, well, I you wish know, you well that's a lot it's not that there aren't a lot of very knowledgeable homesteaders out there that are creating these blogs because it is such a new movement that that's where you have to get your information because there isn't one right answer but it's about discerning like are they in your um climate are they breeding the same animal as you are they following the same style of homesteading as you you know such as permaculture um organic and you know that doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong it just means that they you have to make sure that it's the right information for you mm-hmm. and i think yeah, that I definitely think... pulls over to the homes oh it does pull over to the homeschool world absolutely absolutely yeah i would agree and i think that that's really at the heart of it we need to be discerning as homeschool parents who we're allowing to speak into our our homeschool because we don't realize, I think, with social media, how much information we're taking in and how much subconscious comparison that we're doing. And so I think the days that we start feeling somewhat discouraged by what's happening in our own home, it's a lot of because we're looking at what's happening in other people's home, at least through those little squares on social media. Mm-hmm. And um it's, it's really tough and we need to really be discerning. And I think just putting some checks in place, if we're going to be finding information on whether that's homesteading, homeschooling, whatever it may be, biblical Mm -hmm. knowledge, do these people, are they speaking to people that they're, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Um, 
they might be relatable, um, mm-hmm. but are they reliable? Yes. With mm-hmm. their information. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And taking out that whole comparison, um, you know, the, the mantra comparison is a thief of joy is absolutely um, true. And we, we compare ourselves to everything that we see on social media, whether that be homesteading or homeschooling um, and everything in between. And we really need to be looking in our own four walls and comparing ourselves to who we were yesterday mm-hmm. versus comparing ourselves to what everybody else is doing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and even when you dig a little deeper into what you're seeing on like Instagram and stuff, I, you know, I started following this unschooler gal really love what she's teaching. Cause we do a little bit of unschooling at home. Like we're kind of on the, <laughs> we do both ends. Like we spend a couple days a week doing really strict, like sit down, you need to do your math. You need to learn how to be at the table and dressed by eight in the morning. Cause that's what real life is. And then we spend several days a week, just kind of a form of unschooling because it's all about the farm and, you know, pursuing their interests and part-time jobs and things like that. And so I started following this unschooler and I loved everything she had to say. And I bought her book and read it in like three days because I was just completely enamored with it. I mean, she's brilliant in what she has to say. And I was so motivated that I came out and I talked to my 14 year olds and I'm like, we're going to do a phone break this weekend. And cause you know, I'm teaching them phone rules right now, you know, like we're going to do a phone break this weekend and you guys are going to like, I want you to find, you know, they understand our kind of lifelong learning goals that we have in the house. And so I'm like, okay, we're, you know, find something. You're going to learn something this weekend. Like, and just report back to me. Like, I'm not even going to give you any direction. You can even do it on your phones if you want to, you know, like we're just going to do it. And at the end of the weekend, I'm like, so what did you learn? They're like, that we probably should have done what you told us to do because we didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm so disappointed. I was so excited. I read all weekend so that I could report back to them what I learned and (laughs) I I, I was a little disappointed (laughs) yeah yeah no matter what we read our kids are going to be our kids they're going to they're going to do what they're going to do regardless of what of whatever it is we sign up sign up for in the week and that's that's such a hard pill for us moms to swallow because we get so excited Uh about things like that and yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah like you know but you know, I kind of every day when like, especially when we're running a lot of errands and I see them like playing on their phones in the car and stuff, I kind of remember if you're going to be on your phone all day, you need to learn something. And every few days, like they actually go like, I went down this rabbit trail of, and I'm like, yay. Like, even if it's not something I love, but the fact that they followed their rabbit trail, I'm pretty happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got a couple of teens, especially that they will be on the computer a lot. And so I'm asking them, well, what are you doing on there? Are you just watching YouTube videos or what? And, you know, there's something to be said for giving the the teens that freedom because um, like this morning, my son, he got up early and we usually have a rule that you can't be on screens until after you eat breakfast. Fair enough. And he was down in his room and he's like, I'm working on a coding project for, from scratch, you know? And so I'm like, well, I can't necessarily be mad. I mean, he's uh-huh. learning and he's taking initiative, but it's time to go have some breakfast now. But I think that's what we see when we, we've been homeschooling for quite a while with our teens, especially if we haven't just brought them home to homeschool, mm-hmm. um, that there's this autonomy that develops because the relationship is there. And so you start to see the ways that they're creating their own 
education. And that's one of the things I was thinking about before we came on today to talk was I think one of the biggest shifts in my homeschooling with my kids was when I realized I started out homeschooling with the intention that I would graduate them early so that they could be in college and have an associate's degree before they graduated high school. Mm -hmm. So it's like a concurrent thing. But then a couple years into this homeschooling thing, my husband and I, you know, especially once COVID hit and we started seeing what's being taught in universities and the indoctrination that's happening, it's really just an extension of what I feel like is happening in the public school system. And I don't have my kids there. Mm -hmm. So why would I just send them to higher education (laughs) where a lot of that's being presented in in a, um, a setting where they don't have mom and dad right there to help balance out what they're hearing from these crazy professors. And so my kids actually at this point, none of them really want to go to college. And so I'm not pushing. So when my husband and I finally came to that conclusion, like we started homeschooling for this reason. So it would be highly academic. And now we've shifted to, we want our kids to have life skills. So I don't really care what else I need to teach them other than how to be good humans, how to love God, how to serve other people and have basic skills for whatever they may want to do and how to learn to love, um, to learn, you know? Yeah. So well, that's a huge shift. And there, there's been a huge shift even in our society to not expect a degree on a resume anymore. Right. It's all about putting together a portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, uh, yeah, I agree that it's probably not necessary anymore. And, you know, it's even my oldest, he's not a college kid. Like he works and that's his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like my daughter, she really wants, she, I mean, she swears she wants to be a vet, but if not, she wants to go into like a biological science, like wildlife biology, tracking wolves or something like that. So yeah, she's probably on that college route, but I feel like, like I know for myself, I went to college later in life. So mm-hmm. I was there a little more recently than like probably other people our age. And yes, the indoctrination was there 100%, but luckily being in like the ag department, you don't really get that as much. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't like us a lot, actually. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) They used to have like protests outside our building, like from PETA and stuff. And like, so, you know, we started setting up a tri-tip barbecue across from them like once a week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that all the people that came could buy sandwiches. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm kind of glad that even though she is considering college, that she's probably going to follow more in fi- my footsteps and mm-hmm. end up at a, end up in a, you know, the colleges, you just can't help anymore, but at least the department within the college, hopefully I can school her at home long enough, especially through her associate's degree that she's not getting that same influence. Right. Yeah. I was just looking at college stuff this morning. Um, you know, my older two are not interested in college, but my youngest wants to be a biologist. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically oh, yeah, he does the marine biologist. Yeah. Yes. So we did um, volunteering with the Department of Conservation this last fall where he went out with them on a, on a local lake and helped them catch fish and measure them and do the data for the fish and you know, talk to these biologists. And he was on say, cloud nine. I was a little jealous it. of him. Oh, <laughs> like I saw your pictures and I'm like, I want to be doing that. That looks so fun. I want him to do it again and again and again. And, you know, it's just absolutely wonderful. And they were really great group of guys. And um, he was able to totally geek out with them. And it was like, he found his people, you know, so I want him to oh, like go awesome. all the time. Yeah, just wonderful people. And, um, 
you know, so I was looking at college stuff this morning and there are ways to take free college courses online and then clep out of them. And so you can still homeschool um, and doing those things at home and then looking into, you know, being a marine biologist is not something you can um, train up for necessarily. You have to do some college for that. Mm -hmm. And I do think that college is necessary for some purposes, you know, like Mm -hmm. what you were saying, there's, you know, some fields of study, they need to have college, but it's not like it used to be where, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone needs to go to college and it's this blanket statement. Uh, no matter what you were doing, you know, my 19 year old wants to be a writer. He has self-published one book already. Good for him. And writing is not something, I mean, even Stephen King says that writing is not something you have to go to college for. So, um, you know, and he, he loves Stephen King and has read Stephen King, um, and kind of idolizes him in in a bad way, but, um, (laughs) so like Stephen King has a book it's called about writing. And so he like talks about, um, the process of writing and how to get through that. And he says a lot of it is BS, which is interesting. Um, and so in going through college, it can be, and it's not needed. Um, and so I do think it's interesting and we need to evaluate as homeschooling parents, each individual child with their strengths Mm -hmm. and their weaknesses and their challenges and, you know, what direction they are headed in and evaluate that. That's part of the beauty of homeschooling is to be able to look at each child and evaluate that and encourage them in one way or another, whether that be going mm-hmm. straight into the workforce or a longer time period at home and doing some online college classes. Um, you know, that's one thing that my 14 year old says is that he is, um, how does he say it? He's like, I am on the stay at home cycle or something like that. Like, he's like, whatever I do, I need to do it from home. And so he refuses anything that requires him to leave home. And I can appreciate that. Like I'm, he's right up my alley with that. So um, I'm looking at college in the same way. And so hopefully a lot of that indoctrination that we're talking about um, is minimized when you're doing it at home, you know, and now that there are a ton of online classes, even biology classes Mm -hmm. that you can do at home. And of course you have the professors, but that can be tempered and we can have immediate discussions about it um, versus him being engulfed in the college experience and having to go back to his dorm and figure it out himself. You know what I mean? Exactly. Especially, you know, a lot of the science classes, you're not going to have as much as that indoctrination because it's brass tacks. Whereas when you get into some of the more philosophical type classes, so being, and those are the ones you can do at home easier where a biology class, sometimes you need to do it at the school so that you can have a lab with it or something. But like my daughter, she's similar. She wants to be home. Like, and she's a big, like, she likes to travel with me um, to all my events. She is pretty outgoing at the events. She's learning. She's kind of quiet, but she wants to be. And she, I mean, she kind of wants to take on the world, but then she's like, I don't think I'll like going away to college. And I was like, why is that? She's like, I'm really going to miss my little brothers. Aww. And, you know, so we've talked about, there's a couple yeah. colleges local enough that like she could come home on the weekends and, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we've been talking about those types of things, but I don't see her, you know, running away at 18. <laughs> right. right. Well, I think as we're talking about, home educating older kids and what Amanda and I typically focus on 
I think it's really um, stressful for moms once the kids get past elementary school and even like middle school, because Mm -hmm. you do start feeling this pressure that if your child isn't really academic or you don't feel like they're college bound or you don't know what they really want to do, then there's this pressure that you failed them somehow that maybe Mm -hmm. um, you're not doing your best or maybe your homeschooling isn't the best idea. And so I think that's when we see a lot of homeschool moms feel like failures and they give up and then they send them to public school thinking that they've messed up their kid or they need to get them quote, mm-hmm. not behind when really it's just, you know, I, I grew up going to public school and there were kids. I remember in sixth grade, there was a boy and he couldn't read, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's just, I feel like if we can encourage any homeschool moms, whether your kid is college bound or not college bound or highly academic or not, I, I think that there's a stigma, especially when homeschooling first became really, really um, uh, gaining momentum in the 80s, that you had to be really academic to prove yourself, that prove what you were doing at home was more um, successful than what was happening at public school. And there was Mm -hmm. that high academic pressure. But I think things are shifting so much more now in our culture where it is more socially acceptable to have homeschooling as an option. And uh, especially older kids, if they're college bound or not college bound, I just, I really want to encourage moms to take that pressure off themselves. Um, If your kid's failing math, it's not because you're a failure as a homeschool mom. It might just be that your kid is not math savvy and that's okay. They don't have to be. Or you have the wrong curriculum. You might need to change curriculum. There's a ton of different ways to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But we put this pressure on ourselves, I think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Some of the curriculums are just boring. Oh, for sure. I mean, and then what's actually funny about it is, you know, like we were doing an English curriculum that we all hated. It was boring and we switched. And the one that they switched to is actually way more intense, but they like it because it's more entertaining and they kind of bounce around and have to do multiple things a day. So they aren't just monotonously working on one project. Mm -hmm. Whereas with math, they were really excelling in math, but they were like, it's kind of blah doing Saxon. Like, cause I knew Saxon. So I was like, let's just do Saxon. Right. They're like it's blah. We want something more entertaining. So we switched to a, an online one that was, you know, more colors and talking and I don't even, you know, someone else mm-hmm. teaching it besides me. And they were struggling and they kept coming back to me and being like, how do I do this? They taught us like four different ways to do it. And like, just show us how to do it, mom. And after two years, they said, can we just go back to Saxon? It makes so much more sense to us. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's go back to the boring one. I'm all about it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, and when you're looking at curriculum like that too, you have to look at what is your end goal? Mm-hmm. You know, like I had one, one kid that wants to be a writer. And so he did not do very many sciences in high mm-hmm. school because he's not a science kid. He's like totally gagging when we pull out the owl pellets, you know, like <laughs> he, you know, when I forced him to actually dissect something, he had a mask on, he had gloves on, he had like, you know, oh. a- avoiding it as much as possible. Like it's not his thing at all, but he took <laughs> like, he had like nine credits in, in English you know, and so, and he him, kept yeah. doing different literatures and kept, so that is something that I think a lot of homeschool moms really need to be thinking about. And, um, you know, when you're looking at your high school kid, what is their mindset? What's their goal? What's their mm-hmm. end goal? What is something that they're strong at and capitalize on that? You know, it's okay. Even if they're not college bound, even if they don't know what they're going to do, where are their strengths mm-hmm. and 
keep encouraging those strengths with the different curriculum in your, in your choices. If they're a math strong kid, then that's going to be something that's more important. Mm-hmm. And we took, my kid was not math strong at all. We took an entire year off of math, which I realized most people would kind of be aghast at because we a lot of people want to do. Yeah. Like, but so many people are like, we have to do math all summer. We, you know, we did, we took a summer break, but we had to do math every day. Well, I, no, we're not doing that because he wasn't ready. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not worth it to, to have that fight. Not, it wasn't for us. And just, so waiting for him to mature a little bit and be ready for the material was what worked well for him, but doing sciences he's doing, you know, we could do science all day long and he's happy science and history for my right. youngest. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we took a year off official math. We did IXL for a year where mm-hmm. they just, I said, you know, go take the placement test and wherever you land, I just want you working on it for like a half hour every day. No expectations other than they worked consistently for a half hour every day. Mm -hmm. Just to do some skill rebuilding because they made it to algebra one in like the sixth grade, but it was with that program that they didn't like. Mm -hmm. And so we took seventh grade off and just rebuilt skills. And we're back in algebra this year with Saxon as eighth graders. You know, something I learned about middle school is it's doing one of two things. Middle school material is either reviewing what you learned in elementary school, or mm-hmm. it's introducing what you're going to learn in high school. Yeah. So the middle school stuff really, if it's middle school, it really doesn't matter because science doesn't change. History doesn't change. It just changes the amount that they divulge to you. Right. Mm-hmm. So you could like take middle school to quote unquote, catch up on if you feel like your kids are behind a review material they struggle with. And then if they're strong in other things, introduce high school level material. You don't really need a quote unquote middle school curriculum. Well, yeah. And, you know, junior hires or middle school aged kids, whether they're in public school or at home is such a hard time. Like just spend a couple of years teaching them how to be a person. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Those yeah. social skills are just as important in building that relationship. And I think that's where we can sometimes get sidetracked too as homeschool moms is we are so focused on the academics that we don't realize that we're the problem and we are ruining the relationship with our child because we are trying to put them in a box that they just don't fit in. And really they just want to spend time with us. I mean, um, some of the best days when I've been very frustrated. Oh no. Yeah. You're coming back. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, dang. Well, it's unstable is what it says. Joe yeah. should be home anytime. So, um, but anyways, just taking a day off and yeah. going on a hike and saying, you know what, I go get ice cream today, or we're going to go grab something real quick to eat and go sit at the park and just kind of reset. Mm-hmm. You know, I even, I have a, some non-neurotypical kids that require, some structure. And I was like, well, I need them to know that there needs to be a, there needs to be expectations for that respect with me. But what I needed to let go of is that those expectations don't always have to be the academics that I think that they need to be involved in, that those expectations can be the life skills, the things we're doing around the house. And if it does need to be academics, it could be an academic uh, curriculum that feels comfortable to them. And then I set expectations within that rather than the comfortable that feels right to me mm-hmm. and my expectations. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
100%. Curriculum. Uh oh, you're cutting out again. Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> curriculum is a tool. And anytime that tool starts ruining our life or the our time anymore. Yep. We veto we we each get one veto a year, including me. Oh. So well, that's a, a fun lot, idea. Yeah. Oh. So there's a lot of times that we like we just started a new curriculum. I was talking about the English one that we just started. We quit that halfway through the year because nobody was enjoying it. And so we'll do that one through next year. And we're good with that. And it also makes it where we get to start some new stuff in January. So that's kind of fun too. That is fun. And then if there's one they really hate, they get to veto it. But I, I have to really keep them on like, you two get to, you know, really decide what you want to veto. Like work together because we're not just throwing out everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's good to have those limitations on that for sure. Yeah. Because there is, you know, like a little bit of that. You need to make sure that there is some follow through. You know, I know as homeschool parents, you know, we we want them to be happy with what they have. We want them to be able to um, learn in the way that they learn. But part of one of those life skills is follow through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, like we each get a veto a year, but they also help me pick curriculum. So sometimes it's like, okay, we all picked this one together. It's not terrible. We just don't love it, but you still right. have to learn it. So let's, let's just follow through with this one and throw out the one that makes us all miserable. Right. Yeah. And even we, you could even change how you look at the curriculum that you picked, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you don't have to do every single aspect of it and do every single assignment exactly as it says in the curriculum. Right. Like um, my son's doing physical science this year and the um, curriculum company that was chosen because we're doing it through co-op. We're, we're not loving and he's, mm. he's not a good writer. You know, he struggles with hand strength, and so that's very taxing for him to spend mm-hmm. a ton of time writing things, but he can absorb the material and he can regurgitate material and he can talk about the material and he can really learn it without having to write it. And so if there is a curriculum that you, you're supposed to be writing all these things, but you have a student that's not a good writer, you can look at other ways of doing it. So what mm-hmm. we did was he takes the tests, obviously, mm-hmm. and um, I send him, I go through the reading and I send him YouTube videos on his email. And so he can follow up the reading with his YouTube video mm-hmm. and um, and not have to do the writing. And uh, he's yeah. still able to keep up with his peers and he's learning it and he has an understanding of it. And there's the, it's the comprehension um, is more important than the tasks, right? Yeah. So, so many of us, we all want to just like check off all the tasks. And sometimes it's just not necessary if they yeah. have to learn another way. Because you're going to kill it. You're going to kill the passion for it. My daughter has the dysgraphia too, where her hands just don't, it hurts her and she has dyslexia on top of it. So her spelling's terrible, her writing's terrible, and it's just a miserable experience for all of us. Yeah. So I have her type up as much as she can because it's easier on her hands and she gets that instant that it's like spelled wrong rather than like bringing like a journal back to me 10 times that we're trying to get the words spelled right and So yeah, I totally get that. And I feel like so many curriculums try to be like, you know, and even my curriculum is a little bit like this one, but it's 
that was my goal with mine, but some of them are very, uh, I'm kind of just rambling, <laughs> but it's, they, it could be English. It could be your Bible. It can be your copy work. And like, next thing you know, you're spending three hours trying to do this one lesson. Right. Just so that the kids can, you know, copy a few sentences and read out of the Bible and do their English. And there's some math with it and there's history with it and English with it. And you're like, I'm so overwhelmed. I just needed a good English curriculum. And everybody told me this one was the best. Mm-hmm. And so I do find myself, I take those and I'm like, we're not doing the copy work. We're not, you know, and just right. kind of pulling those out. You can totally pick it apart and just mm-hmm. get the information in the way that your child needs it to be presented and mm-hmm. move on with life. You Whereas know? <laughs> like with my curriculum, I did do it a little bit like that because I wanted that well-rounded, like when you're a farmer, you have to be able to do all these pieces, like kind of to teach that life skill, almost like a, like a job type situation where a lot of kids go, what am I ever going to use math for? Well, if you even want to raise some chickens, you need to be able to mm-hmm. do some math. So, right. um, not chicken math because, you know, that's kind of like common <laughs> core, but <laughs> Oh, that's so true. <laughs> right. But you know, you need... math is a to- is totally a thing. People ask me all the time, "How many chickens do you have now?" And I'm like, "I don't even know anymore. Does it matter?" Like, right? <laughs> I'm buying 600 pounds of feed every every month. That's all you need to know. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. See, in this time of year, I just <laughs> I just open the chicken coop and they like do their thing and they eat like spilled pig grain and like maybe once a month I buy them a bag of feed like they're kind of on their own this time of year like you're not providing for me I'm not providing for you like you'll figure it out (laughs) I'm you know I'm uh I uh am overindulgent when it comes to the animals and I give them all too much feed they're all (laughs) fat and sassy all the time they yeah um we're gonna build a new chicken coop or you know in the in the planning process for that and um you know hopefully it'll be a little bit better um oriented for what we're doing and so maybe that's something i need to have my 14 year old help us with you know maybe he can do the geometry and the the map when it comes to um chicken coop building because we are getting to that point where he you know my 19 year old has a job now and he's doing a lot of writing he's got a couple of books in the works and so it'll be less and less him helping dad and more and more the 14 year old helping dad and so that could be a, a way for him to do it too yeah hey maybe i'll send you my uh i have my poultry unit as an e-text and maybe i'll shoot that over to you Ooh, yes i would love it, that it covers yeah, that all with the, it covers all the geometry and how to figure out their feed and everything so oh, oh that's excellent yeah yeah do you, you ever do ferment do you ever ferment your feed because i we, fermented briefly but not we don't regularly. um we yeah. do grow a little fodder sometimes when yeah. we're like getting them going in the spring because i have my grow room going anyways so i'll do a mm-hmm. couple trays of fodder for them yeah um but I think yeah. about doing that sometimes, but yeah, no, like I said, th- <laughs> I'm not motivated time, enough for that. <laughs> this time of the year, it's like, you know, you're, it's a free for all you're on your own. And then around springtime, we gather everybody up and we clean out the chicken coop really good. And we fix anything that got damaged throughout the year and everybody gets locked in and we do a head count and see who we need to replace and kind of just, and then that's when they start. I mean, we go down we buy the best like non GMO layer feed and 
the we live next door to a maggot farm and so he gives us the um the not right ones and so we get like a five gallon bucket of maggots for them which they're specially grown like clean yeah you know and it's basically like i want to know more about the maggot farm oh my goodness that sounds awesome i'll have to shoot you a little information on that one but yeah please do yeah uh it's it's a really great, you know, it's like the mealworms, but you know, it's mm-hmm. a free bucket of them. And man, my yolks, they come in orange, like, Oh, I bet they like do. Yeah. Right. Orange. It is the neatest thing. So okay. uh, they definitely get spoiled the rest of the year, but you know, this time of year, it's a little bit like you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. Yep. Yeah. If you survive the winter, you know, and you know what? I have a couple Mm. of chickens up there that I know I've had for like six years. I'm like, you girls, you are the queens, you know? (laughs) You know, they're not laying anymore, right? They're going to have to go in the stock pot at some point. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they they teach the new ones the rules, you know? (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah. The whole pecking order is a total thing. You know, we go up every year and when we do our head counts, I see how many roosters we have. And then I keep my favorite and the rest go to the stock pot. As far as the hens go, some, a couple of those are still laying. So I'm like, whatever, you know, like, I don't know how many they're laying, but I know they are because I only have one uh, that lays brown eggs and she's one of my six-year-olds. And so I'm still getting brown eggs. So I'm like, cool. Nice. (laughs) Nice. That's rare. That's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's a buff. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just layers. Yeah, yeah, they're good layers and they're just really hardy and mm-hmm. yeah, like, like I said, she's been around for a really long time. She, we actually we moved her from Oregon in a cage strapped to the back of our trailer. <laughs> like this, this girl's been through it, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's earned her keep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you know, I think there's definitely just um uh some reason behind teaching these older kids things Mm -hmm. other than what we're expected to all the time. But so we are close to the end of our time, but what I always like to ask people at the end of my episodes is what does keep growing mean to you? Because that's a good question. So my, do you want to go first? My goal is to teach you and your kids how to grow your own food and grow as a person. So my little um, homestead humor on that one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. I think keep growing means not to be stagnant, not to be so set in your ways or your ideals that you are not questioning things anymore. So to keep growing means to keep questioning. Mm. Yeah. My first thought was um, to have a growth mindset, which I think is important for everyone to adopt. And it's sad when I meet people that don't have a growth mindset, which means to keep learning and to, to be open to information and to be open to correction when we make mistakes and, mm-hmm. um, you know, to grow as a person and as an individual, um, and to keep learning for sure. I love it guys. Well, thank you so much for joining me and where can everybody find you? You can find us on our website at goathomeschoolingpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, Goat Homeschooling Podcast um, is our handle on there as well. All right. Is there anything that you guys want to share last minute or? Thank you Uh, for having us, Cody. We just, we love seeing your face and (laughs) so glad to see you and uh, awesome. 
Well, everybody make sure that you go follow these gals. They, like I said, at the beginning, they have some great information. They've had some great guests on and I really just love their message. So thank you. Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education. And I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at the Homestead Education and Instagram at Homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at the homesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing.